one of the reasons it's been so successful in growing great talent is that the, the students come in and do really meaningful work. They contribute in a, in a meaningful way to the success of the department that they're working in and ultimately the, the success of the business in, in bringing important medicines to patients. Hello and welcome to the MTP Connect podcast. I'm Caroline Jewell. For this episode, we're exploring the incredible benefits that can flow from connecting PhD graduates with industry. By giving researchers real-world experiences in research-intensive organisations, we can drive better commercialisation outcomes. And it's exactly what we're doing as a core component of our READY program in partnership with pharmaceutical giant GSK Australia. For this discussion, we're delighted to welcome GSK's Director of Regulatory Affairs for Australia and New Zealand, Dr. Carolyn Tuchek-Zabo, and their Human Resources Director, David Fitzgerald. Also joining me in the co-host chair is MTP Connect Senior Director for Stakeholder Engagement, Dr. Rebecca Tunstall. Beck is also the co-chair of the Ready Steering Committee. Before we begin, and in the interests of full disclosure, I should tell our listeners that before joining MTP Connect, Beck worked for GSK, just so that you know. And many, many years ago, I also worked for GSK when I was living in London. So it's a Thanks, small world. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. It's good to see you, Carolyn and Dave. Lovely to see you again Hi. too, Beck. Okay, so I think we're going to kick this off with Dave. GlaxoSmithKline is a well-known global pharmaceutical company that many of our listeners would be aware of. But can you tell us more about the Australian business? Absolutely. So we are an organisation that will be well-known to many of your listeners. We, we have um, three major uh, businesses within GSK, a pharmaceuticals business, vaccines, and also consumer healthcare. Um, and depending on your background, you may know our medicines for respiratory, you may know our medicines or our vaccines, um, particularly if you're a parent of young children. Uh, and you might also know some of our consumer brands, which are some of the most well-known in the market. So Panadol, uh, Sensodyne, um, we, we've got some really well-known brands. In Australia, we employ um, about 1,500 people. Uh, we've got sites in Melbourne and Sydney, uh, both commercial and manufacturing sites. And we have medical and sales staff um, based in uh, all of the major capital cities around the country. So quite a broad footprint in Australia. But as I said, it's, it's, it's spread out across our major businesses. So we have um, two manufacturing sites, um, one in Sydney, one in Melbourne. We've got a, our consumer businesses based in Ermington in the western suburbs of Sydney. And our commercial head office um, for the pharmaceutical business is based in Abbotsford. And then we have sales teams uh, based around the country. So I guess the the important project that we're here to talk about today is a new initiative that the READY program is supporting. It's uh, a PhD graduate program that's been developed by GSK and it's called the GSK PhD Graduate Innovation Program. I understand it's based on uh, a program that's been running at GSK called the Industry-Based Learning Program. Can you tell us a little bit about the IBL program and, and how that's been the genesis for this new program that we're going to discuss more of today? Yeah, absolutely. So the Industry-Based 
Learning Program or the IBL Program, as it's as it's um, mostly known as, is a is a fantastic early talent program that's been in place for a little over ten years at GSK, and that offers uh, students an opportunity to come in usually between their second and third year of their tertiary studies and spend a year with us and uh, and really get that that practical work experience to complement their studies. Um, that program grew from quite a small quite small beginnings um, in our pharmaceutical business initially through to its peak at about 70 students uh, and we've just completed our 2021 intake uh, and we'll be bringing another 49 students into the program next year. So it's been enormously successful. It's, it's spread across all of our businesses and actually into New Zealand um, as well. And um, we partner with a range of universities uh, in Melbourne, in Sydney and in Auckland uh, to get our students. And students are placed in the commercial parts of our business in the medical uh, parts of our business, in engineering. We even have um, placements in, in our legal function. So it's it's very broad um, and it's been a fantastic program that we're really proud of. It sounds like a fantastic experience. And, and obviously uh, the success of that program has inspired you to, to look at what you can do uh, to support the next wave of PhD graduates. Can you tell us about the new program that is about to launch? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it's an important point just to call out that whilst we're using the IBL program as a as an example of, of, of a great program, the, the PhD program that we're launching will be tailored to the skills and experience that that, that group of um, talent will bring uh, and really, I think, offer the same opportunity, but different work. I think one of the, the, the great attraction points for our program and one of the reasons it's been so successful in growing great talent is that the, the students come in and do really meaningful work. They contribute in a, in a meaningful way to the success of the department that they're working in and ultimately the, the success of the business in, in bringing important medicines to patients. And so we expect that this new PhD program will have the same impact on our work. So we're really excited to see uh, how it will come to life next year when our first cohort um, uh, joins the business. Tell us a little bit about the the program itself. It's it's twelve month placement for PhD graduates. I'm really happy to be able to talk to that. I think I'll just take a step back and just let our listeners know that the therapy areas that GSK is focusing on in developing you know new medicines and vaccines are in the areas of immuno oncology, immuno inflammation, respiratory and infectious disease areas, including the COVID-19 area and HIV. So very exciting areas of therapy that we're looking into. And so we're hoping to recruit graduates that have studied or experienced in any of those um, areas of therapy. And what they'll be doing when they come into GSK, there'll be no lab coats in sight, more business casual attire. So we're, we're taking them out of the lab and bringing them into an office. But they'll be working on things like, you know, medicine, vaccine, early assessment and medical and scientific engagement. Also, you know, medicine regulatory strategy, you know, registration of medicines. It's all in the news now. You know, what does it take to get a medicine registered for use in people? So um, the departments that these um, graduates will be coming into will be the Department of Medical Affairs. It'll be the Department of Regulatory Affairs. So quite different to a laboratory setting, but, you know, very exciting. That sounds like a really fascinating opportunity for, for those who are keen to move into industry. 
And, and I'm assuming that these are people that have just finished a PhD that, we're, that you're looking for for this program? Yeah, that's right, Caroline. We're looking for anyone who's just recently finished their PhD or might be doing a current postdoc. So we want to take people who are just coming out of that that phase in their career and then bringing them into the, just as it's very similar to the IBL program where we bring people just finishing their undergraduate um, course. Um, we get them right at that point so they can have lots of opportunities to make decisions on their future career. Similarly, we'll take PhD graduates um, and give them that insight and opportunity um, as they're starting their careers as, as PhD graduates. I might just ask, Dave, it's, it's a big decision, I guess, to, to, you know, when you've finished your PhD and you're looking at the pathways that you want to take and whether you go down the academic pathway or whether you go, you follow another pathway, what would you say to PhD students who are, you know, finishing up this year or maybe finished a year ago? And why would you say that graduate program that, that GSK is offering like this is an important one for them to consider? I mean, clearly at the end of um, such a long period of study, a career can go in lots of different directions and some people may continue to be inspired by research and, and, and that may be where they want to go. But for others, um, there'll be the, the, the appeal uh, and the attraction to working in commercial industry. So this is a great opportunity for people to get that first exposure in a, a supportive environment. Um, we've, you know, that's another factor of our successful early talent programs. We've got great mentors and, and leaders within our business. So this is a great opportunity to come in um, to uh, to learn, to get exposure to, uh, you know, a, a particular department, but also through our cross-functional teams, they'll get a lot of exposure across the broader business. So it's a really, I think, rare opportunity to really have that first year in industry. And then at the end of that, you can make the decision about whether or not industry is, is where you want to go. And if you're inspired to continue on, then this is a good foundation. Um, but also, if it's, if it's not what you're looking for, then it's going to be valuable experience that you can take back to, um, to you know, the, the research environment if that's where you, you feel you're better suited. So I think it's really appealing. I, I would encourage anyone that's interested in thinking about the opportunity to do their research, of course, and, and find out more about you know, the commercial side of the business. And um, there's plenty of ways that you can do that through networks that you'll have and, and research online. I'm going to ask you, based on the experience of your um, IBL program with graduates coming through, have you found that the experience expands their employment opportunities? What What have you seen for your um, graduates through the IBL program? Oh, well, there's absolutely no doubt that at the end of the program, our our um, our graduates, if you like, of the IBL program, uh, are extremely employable and. That's why a lot of them do continue working at GSK. And we've got lots of examples of people that have gone on to have really broad careers within GSK. Um, and I think that that's a great testament to the success of the program. But we also know that a lot of our, uh, our IBL alumni at the end of their, their 12 months with us, they go out and continue working in their chosen field and have gone on to really successful careers. So. The key thing is having that practical work experience to complement the the theory and that you that you've learnt at university. That is far and away the most um, uh, the, the the best competitive edge, I suppose you could say, in the job market because you can give examples of where you've put the theory into practice 
uh, and also the soft skills that you probably get more development in in the work environment that you you just wouldn't get in in the academic environment things like uh, communication um, negotiation collaboration uh, they're all really important skills that you would learn in the work environment to add to uh, the the theoretical or the the um, domain knowledge that you be, you pick up through your um, academics. Following that, ask you, Beck. I mean, you took this step from um, taking a PhD and moving into industry. Uh, would you like to share perhaps a little bit about your career pathway and what sort of drove you into industry? Yeah, thanks, Carrie. I completed a PhD in um, Melbourne in Australia and then went overseas to Canada for a couple of years for my postdoc. So I was loving the research, looking at the mechanism of action of different pathways and getting into the detail of that sort of thing. But I certainly got to the towards the end of my postdoc and knew that I wanted to transition into industry. And this was quite a number of years ago, but the programs that are available these days or the networking or mentoring networks weren't really available back then or I wasn't hooked in with them. So back then it was a case of me Googling what roles can I do in industry. I did human clinical trials for my PhD and postdoc so I sort of thought that I'd be able to do that sort of thing. So it was very much based on what I could find on the internet um, in terms of the roles that I could do. So I transitioned into a junior role at a CRO for a little bit and then was fortunate enough to go over to GSK and stayed there for 13 years. So I think that's testament to the fact that industry, pharmaceutical companies can offer a really rewarding career path for people with scientific backgrounds with PhDs. Um, you can still apply what you've done in your research, there's other skills that you've got to that workplace and there's many opportunities as well. I, I did quite a number of roles when I was at GSK. Um, so the opportunity to learn more about the business to actually move further to what it takes to get a medicine to a patient was a really rewarding thing. And I, I really, the key difference that I really enjoyed moving from academia to industry was, you know, the fast paced environment. You, you've got deadlines, you, you're there to actually meet um, an endpoint of getting a medicine to a patient. So no matter which department you work in, you're focused on that target and you're having to problem solve. Um, and it's the other skills that Dave was talking about in terms of communication and collaboration, being able to work in cross-functional teams internally as well as external um, people as well um, to progress your goals as well. So I think it's a fantastic opportunity that this is available to PhDs or postdocs to be able to um, get that experience and just open their eyes to what the possibilities are as well. And, and the experience that they have that they can actually share with their peers as well to educate or inform what the possibilities are for people to have really good careers um, outside of academia as well. Carolyn. Would you like to add anything about that experience? Um, I, I know that you're also a PhD holder. What you know? What are you sort of seeing uh, around the move into industry with those sort of skills? 
Yeah, I mean, I have a very similar journey, uh, a little bit to Beck in that I think that in Australia, growing up as a researcher, you you weren't really aware of other opportunities. And I went overseas and it really took, my husband is also an immunologist, it took being in the American environment and they're just a little bit more entrepreneurial than we are. I think we're catching up, but we've still got a way to go in really recognising how academia and industry can really work closely together. So I kind of, after being exposed to that, it opened my eyes and an opportunity came through a GSK. I think the biggest, you know, understanding is that we hang on to this idea that, you know, we want to do this research, but there is so much that happens between discovery of a molecule to getting a medicine. And, and what attracted me was I'd been at that beginning of the journey and I really wanted to see, like Beck, I'd been working on human on human research, but I really wanted to see the end result. And that is, I have to say, an amazingly satisfying part of my role is actually seeing patients receiving a medicine for the work we've done. And that exposure to that infrastructure and I'll just add a little bit more to that infrastructure exposed to so you have to think about patents how long is your molecule protected and now I know research thinks about patents a lot more than they used to you have to think about how do you actually make a medicine is it stable can you ship it you know we're hearing about all the vaccines in the world you know is it under refrigeration can you put it at ambient temperature these are things that you have no idea when you discover oh wow this kills something in a lab in a petri dish and I think I've got the next Nobel Prize so I think it is really um, that reality of bringing a medicine through and realising that we can't all be Nobel Prize winners. And there's a really rich and rewarding career in that rest of the medicine development to um, bring patients um, through to having great medicine. So it's it's more about filling those experience gaps for people. It's filling in all of the all of the un unknowns in terms of having a rewarding career. Starting I think that's it. Yeah, and Caroline, if I just add to what Beck said, I think when you are in research, there is a little bit about the research lab. What used to be, and I, I, I don't want to comment now because I haven't been in the lab for a while, but it used to be about, you know, you had a research area and it was all just about discovery. So you could publish as long as it was unique, it was discovery, but it, you didn't really have to do anything with it. And we do need that discovery. It's so important. But as Beck said, the fast pace is that if a project is not going somewhere, if the clinical trial doesn't work, if the medicine doesn't work in people, then you have to be comfortable to finish that program and get on to the next one. So it's about being very focused and not just being there for the scientific discovery, but having that purpose. And I think that it's really rewarding. And obviously the end point is improving the lives of patients, which is an incredibly motivating factor for many people that work in the pharmaceutical sector. Absolutely. I think Dave would agree. That's what we get out of bed for, Dave, right? We get Absolutely. out of bed because we say every day matters. Um, in the day in the life, there's someone in the world suffering from some ailment that we're trying to help them through. And, you know, notably COVID-19 now and lots of other areas that we really need to address people's, you know, um, needs, health needs. I guess this is a good time to, to talk about what does the next 12 months look like for the people that apply for one of these placement positions um, on the GPGIP, as it's called, can you tell us about what the next 12 months look like for this program? And, and then I think we'll find out also how people can apply for the program itself too. 
Absolutely. So we call the um, industry-based learning the IBL. I'm going to be cheeky and say I, I, I came up with the acronym because I kind of like to call it Jip Jip. So let's just see how that's going to land. We'll call it the Jip Jip program. Hope we like that one. I like it. <laughs> so look, if you're a successful um, one of the six successful graduates for our first cohort, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to come into our head office. You'll be given a great supportive manager who will not only be a line manager in terms of um, from an HR perspective, so look after your development, your growth, but also will be your supervisor on a project which is individualised to you. You will be part of a broader team in a part of a department. And depending on what department you find yourself in, you'll have to undergo training. So, you know, we know that scientists are used to learning, you know, doing procedural things in good laboratory practices. Well, we'll be applying some of those standards in those departments. But we'll also be taking them on a journey of GSK. So they'll be coming in. We have an induction period, which is fantastic. We do it for the IBL. So you learn about GSK. You learn about our history, about our values, um, how we operate. And you get to hear from senior leaders across the business and get to interact with. So you're not sitting in your little department. You will be um, exposed to so many as, um, aspects of the company. Um, as, the, as the project um, progresses, there will be quarterly updates and they'll be expected to be putting in a report and, and tracking the progress of this project. As Dave said, these are real projects. These are things that we would, if we did not have this resource, we would have to find resource to do it. These are going to be very impactful outcomes for GSK as well as for the individuals that come in. And at the end of that 12 months, um, there will be a presentation to the executive team who they will have met many times through the year. So it's not a scary thing, but really great to see them at what's happened in the last 12 months. And then we'll do it all over again to the next cohort. <laughs> The easiest way for um, anyone that's interested to find out more is to visit our website, uh, which is au.gsk.com. And there's a, a, a large button you can press, which is called careers. And you can then uh, look for those opportunities in Melbourne and you can follow the steps to apply online there. Um, if you do have any general inquiries or you are not able to find it through that method, you can email the recruitment team um, at anz.careers at gsk.com. So I hope everybody knew that they had to have a pen and a pen, uh, a pen and a paste, <laughs> uh, piece of paper ready uh, to take that down. So pretty easy to find um, those two ways to get more information or to apply. When students have applied, there'll be information then about when the applications close. Um, then there'll be some screening from the recruitment team. Um, we use some uh, really interesting interactive tools as part of our screening. So we have a, an online assessment that the, um, the applicants will need to complete, um, which is part of all of our early talent programs uh, or selection process for these programs. Uh, they'll then um, do a video interview, uh, which may be a learning experience for the students as well. Again, it's not as for all of us that have been um, working remotely and used to Teams and Zoom and, and FaceTime, it's, it's very similar to that, so it won't be frightening uh, anymore. Um, and then there'll be um, some interviews with hiring managers, which at the moment will remain virtual. It's going to be quite an active recruitment process through the end of November into the middle of December. Uh, and then we're hoping to be able to have things completed by before Christmas. How exciting. Yeah. And is absolutely. this, uh, all the positions are based in Melbourne? They are, yes. 
are all your workplaces um, back face to face or are you still um, parts of your company still working virtually? No, it's, it, it is mixed. So we have three major sites in Australia. So in Sydney, our consumer healthcare site um, is back. Um, it's not back like it was before COVID and I don't think any workplace is is. I think COVID has really challenged our ways of working, but uh, people are still able to go into the, um, the site if they want to. Um, our Baronia manufacturing facility, because it manufactures really critical healthcare products, has continued to work throughout the, the lockdowns as an essential industry, uh, but only with essential personnel on site. And so a lot of our workforce is still working remotely. Uh, and for those of us that are based in Abbotsford, which is where our commercial building is, um, we haven't been on site since March um, and we don't plan on being on, on site uh, until January. And of course, with the current restrictions, um, for those of us that work in the commercial business, we can work from home um, and so we'll continue to do that. So for students coming in, that may mean a, a virtual induction and um, working virtually. And yeah. that has been a challenge for our IBL intake this year they they joined us in january expecting 12 months working in in the office and and um from mid-march have been working remotely but um i think we've all had to adapt and learn new skills and and again with the right support i think we've seen some great achievements throughout the year just having to um all work through particularly this method working through teams as our mm -hmm. primary way of connecting rather than um, face to face yeah, Caroline, if I can just add, um, Dave, I think just with the, the timing of, of getting the program going, we actually will be looking to start um, our first court, cohort at the beginning of March. So we've got a little bit of extra time at the beginning of the year. So hopefully if uh, Victoria continues with double, triple donuts, how many donuts will it take for us to go back to the workplace? Uh, it may be possible that when we bring that first cohort in, we may possibly be in, but again, we'll be following the government's uh, medical advice on that, but let's hope. Fingers crossed um, that things are heading in the right direction and, and we can get together soon, you know, face to face. Well, that sounds really exciting. Yeah, so the, the deadline for applications will be published on the webpage. So I suppose for anyone that's listening now that hasn't applied, um, do visit the website, which I mentioned before. And if you uh, follow the prompts to the careers page and find the job posting, uh, it will have the information about the, the deadlines for applications. Yeah, Carolyn, I just wanted to to end with saying that it, it's wonderful that um, in Australia that there is this recognition to bridge the high-performing academic research environment to the commercialisation sector. And it's really pleasing to see that government is supporting this program and other programs, and definitely GSK is so proud to be part of this partnership, and we're very excited to, to start this program, and uh, we're really looking forward to its success. Well, it's been great to have Carolyn and David from GSK Australia on the podcast today. Look out for further information on GSK's PhD Graduate Innovation Program. This was the MTP Connect podcast. Thanks so much for listening. You can find our podcast on all the usual podcast platforms. So give us a rating, leave us a review and subscribe to hear more great stories from the MTP sector. Until next time.